Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. As always, thank you so much for joining us. President Trump puts on an art of the deal reality show in real time that you and I get to watch. He even does it with these weak-kneed GOP centers. President Trump gets a better deal with Mexico on immigration, all while President Trump is getting things done. In my opinion, when you watch this, it looks like President Trump, he's playing chess. He's moving the chess pieces, and yet you've got the rest of the D.C., the D.C. swamp, and unfortunately, I've got to include the GOP in here. They're still playing checkers. They're like, king me. <laughs> Trump was like, checkmate. So what I want you to do tonight is just imagine what could be getting done to make America great again if these weak-kneed GOPers actually jumped on the Trump train. I mean, imagine what can happen if the GOP senators would have shown up Tuesday after the luncheon and showed a united front with President Trump on not just the Mexico deal, but really all these deals that President Trump is trying to create to make America great again. So in a few moments, we're going to break down really what does this new Mexico immigration declaration mean for you and your family? We've got a couple of special guests in studio tonight to talk about that. But I want to start really the basics of this agreement. This is just for starters here. It's really a big deal when you look at it broken down. So Mexico today, they deployed 6,000 National Guard troops down to their southern border with Guatemala. Uh, the Mexican ambassador, she was on Face the Nation yesterday. Couple important things to note here. One is that the Mexican National Guard, it's not like our National Guard here in the States. The Mexican National Guard, it's like, it's like La Policia. It's like a police force down at the border. They're down there to apprehend these illegal immigrants at the southern border right next to Guatemala. Two, 6,000 of these, 6,000. It's an unprecedented number of National Guard police down at Mexico's southern border. Very, very important. They've never, never deployed this kind of police force before to stop the illegal immigrants coming up from El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, that northern triangle. Another part of the deal, this is the no-brainer part, my opinion, should have been going on for a long time. Mexico agrees to work with, work with the United States to crack down on smuggling and human trafficking operations. So now the important thing is they're going to be sharing information between both countries. This is what Cindy Gomez-Shemp said last week. It was so important when we talk, talked about last week how Mexico, the government actually made two arrests of leaders within the human smuggling groups. A lot of that happened because they were sharing information Hopefully, as we talked about last week with Cindy, these people are going to get extradited as well. This one's big, very big. Mexico agreed to expand their migration protocols. What that means is that now all asylum seekers are going to be kept in Mexico. So if they hit our border and they want to claim asylum, they are going to get put back into Mexico as we adjudicate their asylum claims. This is huge, folks. Prior to this agreement, Mexico is hosting about roughly 8,000 asylees, member, um, you may remember, but now the number is basically unlimited. To put that in context, just remember in May, we had 144,000 illegal immigrants that were apprehended at our southern border. So now all these people go back into Mexico, and this is where things, in my opinion, become very, very fascinating. Mexico says in the declaration, in the declaration, Mexico says that all these people that we are not going to put into Mexico while we adjudicate their asylum claims, Mexico, I, apparently they've got the goods to do this. They're going to offer jobs, health care, and education to all these asylees while their claims are adjudicated in the United States. Folks, here's what I want you to think about for a moment as I just broke that down. You're talking health care, education, jobs, 
with President Trump. This all happened just with President Trump threatening the tariffs. But when you see what's happening here, I think you could make a very strong argument that we now have got Mexico, the country of Mexico, doing more to stop the humanitarian crisis at our southern border than the Democrats are doing right now. Our own Democrats and the U.S. Congress are doing less than the entire country of Mexico, all because of President Trump and his ability to work the art of the deal. And I want to give you a prime example of what I mean. We've got 144,000 we apprehended at the border in May. We've got this huge, even Jay Johnson, former DHS Secretary under Obama, says, yes, this is a crisis at our border. And you want to know what the Democrats were doing today in D.C.? <laughs> Look at this. Here's video of it. The Democrats, if we can bring this up, please, are holding a hearing today about the lessons from the Mueller report and their star witness in the hearing, a convicted felon who was disbarred. He's the former Nixon White House counsel, John Dean. He's on CNN every night. So the Dems are calling a convicted felon because he pled guilty to obstruction of justice as their star witness today while our southern border is being invaded from illegal immigrants. Just stunning to see the distinction, in my opinion. One other reason I want to share with you when you talk about the fact that Mexico says, hey, we're going to give you jobs, we're going to give you health care, we're going to do all these things. What happens now is you've got all these people that are going to stay in Mexico. So what does that mean? It means you now you've got less people in the United States competing for low-wage jobs. So again, you could make the argument that Mexico is actually doing more for the American worker than Democrats in Congress in the United States are doing right now because there's not going to be all the competition for these low-wage jobs. It's stunning, folks, when you take a look at it from that perspective. So I can't wait to see, and we're going to find out in a moment what they're saying in Mexico, but I can't wait to see what the Mexican people are going to say, how they're going to respond to their government now claiming they're going to be offering jobs, health care, and education to all. going to be pretty stunning to see how that plays out. Now, the piece I want to share with you about President Trump and the GOP is this. Again, I said this a moment ago, but imagine if the GOP would have stood in solidarity, would have stood strong with President Trump from the get-go, what kind of deals we could be making here to make America great again. Here's what President Trump said last Thursday about using tariffs to get Mexico to step up. A lot of people, senators included, they have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to tariffs. They have no, absolutely no idea. When you have the money, when you have the product, when you have the thing that everybody wants, you're in a position to do very well with tariffs, and that's where we are. We're the piggy bank. The United States is the piggy bank. It has all the money that others want to take from us, but they're not taking it so easy anymore. It's a lot different. Folks, we're the piggy bank. That's why AMLO, the president of Mexico, actually said, you know, we got to get a deal done here, folks. We cannot have tariffs on these products. Otherwise, it's going to decimate our economy. We can't afford to do that. I bring all this up because as, as you see this, I mean, look, I didn't go to the school of Mensa, all right? When you see how President Trump is playing chess here, and then you hear people like Mitch McConnell last Tuesday after the luncheon, you just have to go, what in the world are these guys in D.C. thinking? Reminder, here's Senator Mitch McConnell last Tuesday after, I don't know if you know this, but every Tuesday the GOP get together, they have a little lunch and talk about different issues. So they talked about these Mexican tariffs last Tuesday, and then Mitch McConnell walks out to the mic and says this. Well, there is... Uh not much support in my conference for tariffs, that's for sure. Most of us hope that this uh, Mexican delegation that's come up here and discussed uh, the, the challenges at the border and what the Mexicans might be able to do to help us more than they have will be fruitful. 
and that these tariffs will not uh, kick in. I mean, folks, these guys were yelping and crying last week, and Trump hadn't even put the tariffs on yet. Hadn't even put the tariffs on yet, and you got Mitch McConnell coming out going, well, we're not a fan of... We, we get that, Mitch, but what if you would have stood in solidarity and jumped on the Trump train? Imagine how much more powerful we'd be to the world, and we could be doing things to make America great again. All right, so we're going to break this down for you, what it really means to you and your family, and also what they're saying in Mexico about this new deal. So joining us tonight is immigration attorney David Chapman. Thank you so much for being here. Great to have you with us. Thank and you. also Cindy Gomez-Shemp from the Mexican Crossing Lines. Great to have you back as well. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Chapman, we'll start with you. I guess if you can poke some holes in my opening statement there. And, and did much change? There's a lot of conversation right now in the media that, oh, this deal's been done for a long time. Is that true or not? Uh, I don't buy the fact that they're arguing that this deal's been done for a long time because, well, as Senator Graham said on Fox today, he said, do you think that the president would not have said something if he had negotiated a deal two months ago? Uh, he wouldn't have held it secret until now to reveal it. I think it's much more along the lines of what you said, the president's art of the deal. He knew what Mexico was willing to do as a government, but the people of Mexico, they've got to contend with them too because they vote. And he's got to be able to present them with a what's in it for us situation. And the what's in it for us situation is you're going to get tariffs slapped on you if you don't do something. So the Mexican government now says we don't have to unilaterally come to the table and say, hey, we'll do this stuff. We can say we have to do this stuff. And interestingly, what the president of Mexico said is the Mexican delegation, together with the support of the Mexican people, came to this agreement with the United States. So what he's saying is, I couldn't have done this before because I wasn't going to have political support. I can do it now. I want to get your take on this because I think many of us, immigration for a lot of us is, can be complicated. There's a lot of moving parts. You live in this world. So for those of us that, that don't live in it, um, help us understand what does this deal do for you, Americans? For the person sitting at home right now, why does this deal matter? Well, it's, it steps up the enforcement, first of all, and it also uh, pledges the cooperation of Mexican government with the, the migration protocols. Uh, the people of Mexico don't want all of these asylum seekers sitting on their soil either because they're not economically good for the people of Mexico necessarily. They're going to be a burden there as well uh, while their asylum claims are adjudicated here in the United States. So now what this does is it allows the official... Uh, blessing basically the, of the Mexican government to this migration protocols uh, saying that asylum seekers are going to be <laughs> back in Mexico because we have no choice. You led me though to my question for Cindy and that is this is the fact that you just already said is hey look the Mexicans don't really want all these you know illegal immigrants there either and yet you're not your but the Mexican president just said hey we're gonna give you jobs and health care and education how are they gonna do that? Well, I don't know because there's 70 million people that live in poverty in Mexico and uh, Mexico has been in an economic crisis for 60 years. So a lot of people in Mexico are scratching their heads on that one and going, where's the resources going to come from to fulfill that promise? I think that they don't expect to have to fulfill that promise because the deal was a two-part deal. The uh, Mexicans said, why don't you, the United States, help us do economic development in Central America, and we think that will stem the flow of migration. And if in five months' time, that's not working, in 45 days, they're gonna revisit this. If they're not, if they're not turning the tide on the migration, they're gonna have to sit down, and then the negotiations are gonna go to the Mexican Congress, because they're going to have to talk about how they start to uh, create the partnerships to make this um, 
an uh, asylum, uh, third third part, third country safe uh, partnership so that they can process all of these asylum claims. Yeah, we'll get to that in a moment. What I want to hear from you is I think the beauty of you being here is because you speak Spanish, you're down watching the news in mm -hmm. Mexico, what the Mexican people are saying about this deal. Are they excited about this? Are they saying what well, you just said, hey, wait, we got 70 million people that are starving. How are we going to have more? Well, they're asking a lot of questions. I watched the press conference with Marcelo Ebrard, and he was just very effusive about the fact that, you know, we just saved you from economic disaster. They talked about the costs not only to the trade agreement if we didn't stop the tariffs, but also to stopping a trade war from coming uh, to Mexico, which he said um, would cause a temp effectively a 10% tax increase, uh, over 1,200,000 jobs lost, and a one point loss to the GDP. Over that five months uh, increase, it would cause an economic collapse in Mexico. So he wanted to make people to know, look, look, the, don't worry about that other stuff yet. Um, look what we saved you from right now. And plus, but, we but think our is plan is going to work. This is my thing, though. You just say, hey, 1.2 million jobs they saved, correct? Mm -hmm. But now you're saying we just had 144,000 that we apprehended. That doesn't include those we didn't apprehend last month. I'm not a math major, but 144,000 a month over 12 months, that's more than 1.2 million people. Yeah. So how are they going to give these people jobs like they just promised? Well, they're not really talking about the details of that <laughs> because... And, and I saw, I mean, I, I saw him deflecting. He kept saying, look at what we accomplished. And also, I think that this partnership with the United States on our proposal for economic development in Central America is going to work. So we're never going to get to that second part. We're not going to have to oh. figure out whether or not we're going to become a third party, uh, third country safe place. And that's what I want to get to with David. So this, this third country safe place, explain that to me like I'm a fifth grader. What does that mean? And I know for Mexico, at least initially, they said, hey, that is off the table. But President Trump has alluded in some tweets. There's another piece of this that hasn't public yet because Mexico needs to vote on it. Many people are suggesting this third-party safe country is what's going to be voted on, yep. and Trump makes it sounds like it's going to be a done deal. What does that mean for the United States of America? The safe third country agreement refers to something that we've already got in place with Canada. And the Canadian government and the American government entered into an agreement that said uh, if somebody shows up at the Canadian ports of entry and claims asylum, but they've been in the United States, they're returned to the United States to pursue their asylum claim there. They can't pursue it in Canada. It would be the same thing here. What the United States would be looking for is an agreement that if they show up at a port of entry in the United States, they're returned to Mexico and told that they have, have to, to file their asylum claim there. So there's no more even adjudication here. No more say, adjudication just here. Going back. But the big art of the deal here that Trump did that no other president has been able to do is to even get them to the point where they said, okay, we'll agree to do this in 45 days if our plan doesn't work because Mexico never has wanted to do this third party. That would mean that a country that does not have good border security at its southern border and basically has an open border policy for migrants is now going to be forced to contend with keeping all of them. That's the thing. So uh, to both of you, thank you. I want to give you a last word on this and the fact that being an attorney, you got the Judiciary Committee today calling a convicted felon to testify. That just seems stunning to me, but what do you see the politics of it as? I've seen it as nothing more than political theatrics. Uh, calling John Dean a convicted felon to testify who's been disbarred, uh, to testify on something that he admittedly has no knowledge on in terms of the facts. He admits he's not a fact witness. And he's, if he's an expert witness, expert on what? Committing crime? I mean, I, <laughs> what exactly is he going to testify about? This is a guy who's been on Twitter repeatedly 
expressing his dislike for the president. He said, no subpoena is required. I'm looking forward to showing up and testifying, primarily because he sees it as an opportunity to speak publicly and bash the president. That's all he was doing there. Uh, it was using public dollars for political campaigning, basically. He's making a cottage industry out of this. I mean, he makes yeah. money going on CNN and talking bad about presidents, and then people pay him because he did what he did. To both of you, great insight. We appreciate it as always. Thank you very, very much.